The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 246 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the, in the drafting state of mind, Nick Pollock. How you doing, Nick? What is happening? I'm in the fourth round of my TGFBI. You are I'm not in even the ta- first round. I'm not even talking about TGFBI obviously began today, and that is incredibly exciting. And I, I, who, who's your team so far? Uh, huh. Do you know? I, I knew your first pick was, uh, was it Acuna? Acuna. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know after that? No, I do not know after that. It's Max Scherzer and Clayne Kershaw. Get out of here. Yeah, I know. I did two starters in the first three rounds. It's just kind of how it happened. They were re- relatively it. the 10th and 12th starters off the board. And you're a pick three, right? Yeah. So I was, I, oh, I'm kind of hoping that like I take these two starters and then I just kind of feast on the middle of hitters for a bit because i i would say like my biggest strength is at least i like to think mm-hmm. are those more middle to later tier guys uh so i'm trying i feel especially in tgfbi where um where i'm not going to be able to get as many of the like 20 to 30 uh 35 ranked guys that i have as i would in a 12 teamer uh, I'm going to jump on too early and then go the hitter route for a little bit and then come back later I love it. I also love that you're like, give me all your olds. Uh, I think that's like, absolutely fantastic. And to be honest, yeah. I my draft software right now actually has like Clayton Kershaw in TGFBI as like the sixth or seventh best pitcher off the hey, board. I think he's very underrated right now. But look, this has been a weird. <laughs> there's always risk with when it comes to who you endorse, right? Anytime you're going against chalk, there's like something about it. That is risky in some mm. way. That is taking a chance, right? And the consistency that I've had this year in these ranks, as you guys have seen, instead of my previous seasons, which have been a lot more of the young guy, I think this is the year he finally puts it together. Um, the The main risk I'm taking is we are discounting 2020 or we are imagining these old guys are going to stop being good again. Yeah. And I'm. this is the season, I think, to take advantage of it. Uh, because you have like Corbin and you have Granky and you have, I mean, Scherzer and Kershaw who are just getting no love. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, well, they're still really, really, really good pitchers. Yeah, exactly. 
So, and there's uh, also yeah. there's like a level of certainty there. You know what I mean? Like if let's say Corbin Burns comes out or Brandon Woodruff comes out and completely underperforms what our expectations are, there's a right. lot less of a risk. Or you're much more worried of like, oh, are they going to find what they were, what I drafted them to be? But if Scherzer or Kershaw starts out slow, I'm like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, like, be they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I mean, I will say to, to both of them, we've talked about this before, but when everyone's innings are in question, then the guys like Kershaw and Scherzer get boosted up because Scherzer will pitch until he can't. Yeah. You know, like he's just going to keep going. Same with Kershaw. Uh, my understanding is sure it might be a six man as opposed to a five, but... <laughs> But still, I, I, yeah, it's still 170, 180, and he's never been bad. Well, that's the thing. I think, like, uh, and that's probably why my, like, I put more effort into creating my Roto Lab, like, uh, projections and software stuff than ever before. Like, an right. unpressed, like, just a pathetic yeah. amount of time. And I think the reason Kershaw, no, it's pathetic. You're in tout, man. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a bit. But I, I think the reason Kershaw is so high in this software is because everyone's getting 170. You know what I mean? Like everyone yeah. at the most is going to be getting like 170, 180 according to projections. Right, so right, right. that that's why Kershaw is going to shoot up a little bit. So we're going to, we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. Uh, it, we both have busy weeks because not only do I have tout tomorrow, you have tout in a few weeks, but then you and I have labor later on this week, yeah. uh, which is going to be uh, broadcast. Also both tout and labor are going to be broadcast on Sirius. Yeah. Tout we is 12 to four team. tomorrow. We are yes. a wonderful joint team. Uh, the new Rick Wolf and Glenn Cotton, uh, and Glenn, I can't, uh, Colton. Thank you. Oh yeah, man. I want to say Cotton. I'm like, it's not Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, they're great. And, uh, you know, I hope they feel okay that we're the next duo around. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and now we have a chance to like, yeah, we, we got it. We got to prove ourselves and we are, we're, we we're going to have a, we're going to have a great team. Um, so we're, we're here today because we're going to talk about, you know, obviously you've been following along with the series that we've been doing so far. I've been breaking down Nick's top 100 pitchers. Um, we're doing 60 to 70 today, but a few things before we even get into that today, mm. because spring training games have begun. Yes. And there, you know, it's funny. It seems like StatCast is going to be offering. I saw Corey Schwartz, who's the VP of data over at MLB, tweet about how we have nine stadiums now with StatCast data. And there's something actually important about that because I, I don't know if they are going to do it, but if they do display spin rate numbers, um, we're actually going to have instances in which spring trading data for pitchers and actually even theoretically helpful, batters, yeah. which will, will legitimately be helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's amazing because we can keep track of who's added more spin, who's lost some spin, who's, you know, who's got the hardest exit velocity so far. Like today, there was a perfect example. DJ Stewart, you you tweeted it as well, had that home run to right field off Aaron Nola off this terrible breaking curveball. That ball had a 210 expected batting average because of its elevated uh, launch angle probably would have been a fly out in the majority of states stadiums if you look at the if, if, two years ago we look at that and go oh oh dj stewart first spring training home run is he going to make the team and now we know okay we really really don't even need to worry about that it's really funny we both uh tweeted out that same home run and i i, I tweeted out something completely different you were like okay here are the analytics of this home run it's, it's this and i might is just aaron no yeah it was very much our brand that's it yeah. It was very much our brand. <laughs> so, I'm, Nick, can I actually ask you a favor, if you don't mind? Absolutely. Can you zoom out our cameras? Nick and I are recording on StreamYard, and he has this set up in a different way, and it feels like my face, I just am so <laughs> close to my own face uh, that I couldn't handle it. So I apologize. I, you, I apologize that you had to hear that. But yeah, so any, any, I mean, 
I'm not going to say they're big spring takeaways. Some of the things that I noticed were nice to see Mitch Keller sitting 95 uh, in a very, very brief stint. Um, there's no real change there. I think he sat 94 last year. Um, that to me was like, that's good to see. Jamison Tyon threw seven pitches and they were very nice. They were very well, nice pitches. I mean, it was 91, like four times, a 92 yeah. and a 93 with a really good, actually, no, no. Two curveballs were in there. One was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James Atayan was sitting 95 before. And it's hard not to feel like, uh-oh, he's only throwing 91 on the surgery. No, 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 no. No, no. It's a first spring training appearance. I cannot tell you how many people told him, hey, Tyone, do not overexert. Like, look, yeah. this is, I know you must be amped right now. Please pull back. If you can, I have and, to imagine that's what's going on. Oh, and uh, look no further than the fact that he literally threw seven pitches. They weren't even yeah. like, okay, go back out there and you can throw five or six more. No, they said, you're done. You're, you're well, done. Seven pitches they, is enough. They did. They did let him throw in a bullpen after. They did. Uh, okay. Because they wanted to bring in Luis Chassin for whatever reason. Who's yes, now of course. Too. This was a day of me discovering that both Dietrich and Chassin were both Yankees. Just like random players. You're yeah. a Yankee now. Sure. You're welcome. Sure. Why not? Um, no other real major takeaways. Like, I think at this point, I'm not really looking for in, in like the first start of a spring training appearance. I yeah. think maybe I'm looking at velocity to be like, OK, what's that look like? I don't really care about command. I don't really care about pitch plots. I don't really care about the way a, a pitch looks quite yet. I think I'm just looking at velocity and being like, OK, let's see if they're close to where they were last year, if they're over or not. Yeah, it's, it's about positives at this point. Yeah. Um. So we're just we're we're noting what they were last year and the things that weren't good or or the, what we want them to be, and if we see something new, oh, there's a new pitch. Oh, he's throwing harder. Oh, there are new mechanics. Those are the major things that can make us say, oh, well, actually, this is something we should be noting. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, if it's, uh, I mean, in a couple weeks, if the velocity is still down we might start to worry a little bit. That's really the only negative takeaway you'll see from spring. Unless uh, it's Zach Greinke. Yeah, there you go. Unless it's Zach Greinke. Maybe Corey Kluber, too. We'll see. Mm. But, uh, but right. Uh, I remember us being freaking uh, freaking out about Merrill Kelly two years ago. We were like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to be 93, 94. Then, like, the day before the season started, he had the final spring training start and was throwing 91. Yeah. And I'm like, No. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never, I don't think I've ever seen something like that where they started one way in spring, then went down, and then that maintained for a long time. Cause usually yeah. it's like, okay, maybe he's injured or something, but they were just like, no, you peel it back. He just, yeah, maybe he was just amped in that first one because he was kind of over. I don't know. But I don't know. Really, when it comes to velocities, we only care about the high end and not really the low end at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. I mean, tomorrow it looks like we have a, a bunch of other good games on. We have Tampa Bay, mm. Boston, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Uh, oh my God. We actually have a lot of games on, on tomorrow on TV. On TV. And that's uh, great. And if you guys don't know, we're doing two really good things that we did last year. Uh, I do my tweet in the morning, every morning, saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, here are the starters on TV, and this is what you should be looking for. Again, positives for stuff. Um, and then we also have a spring training recap. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say, hey, do you ever go over these after? Check out that article Monday through Friday. Uh, the staff is putting together a collection of news and performances uh, from the previous day's spring training games that, you, that will help you stay on top of what's going on. The, it looks like, oh, you know what? This is nice. I was looking at who's starting tomorrow. Pablo Lopez. Love it. Get a little Pablo Lopez in there. Mm. Um, get some Framber Valdez in there. Sure. 
Um, why not? Uh, that'll be nice. Oh, and a little Lucas Giolito, NBD. Uh, NBD on that one. NBD. NBD. All right. Fast. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. It is. It is probably Tuesday when you're listening to this. So yeah. So get ready. Enjoy the games today. I mean, enjoy the games. You mentioned Brew Baker is going, man. Is is Pittsburgh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see Pittsburgh. I I was trying to like, you know, mix and match here. I know, but 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 it's Brew Baker. It's it's like your boy, dude. I in there too. Hunter Green for the Reds and Walker Bueller and Walker Bueller. Yeah. Yeah, and be even better, even better. Those are at night, so I can actually enjoy them, um, which is really nice. They're our first uh, night spring training games, and oh. you know what's so funny? Uh, JT Brubaker is like I I was uh, thinking about amping him up a little bit more, but then I saw on roster resource today that he's actually slated as their number five, yeah. which had me a little bit concerned because earlier on I thought he was going to be their three or four and he was going to get more innings. Now I'm concerned he might not get I, those. We don't really know what the Pirates are doing. It's like Brawl, Cool, Keller, Bruce Tyler Anderson, and Tyler Anderson. I mean, I mean, okay. So there, there's a lot of moving parts there with no real depth. Also, yeah, and we'll like and we'll talk about one in this episode as we're going to talk about the 61 through. 70. Oh, very nice. So actually, why don't, why don't we get right to it? Then there were some other pitches I wanted to talk to you about, but we're going to get to them a little bit later. So where we last left off, we are still in the middle of. Uh, actually, no, I think we're in a new tier now, aren't we? Yes, this is. Uh, I mean, essentially, the end of the last one was like Shohei Otani and Paxton, which was hinting at this one but i have a very small mini tier yeah okay it's the sure-ish thing tier six. oh whoa. the sure-ish thing <laughs> i'm sorry i, I, I don't hey, know that i'm one, so sorry that's okay the sweetest thing by you two oh my god okay all right i, I never really listened to you two heavily you too like five five uh, are you saying me as well or yeah. are you just saying the yeah, yeah, okay it's a quick dad joke yeah i got you though i'm Thanks. with you thank you i'm with you um, by the way, you look like you have. <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to do that. What? I look like I have a what? Go ahead. Come on. You look like I got a what? Just the way the light was reflecting off your glasses made it look wider. So it looked like you're about to like drill something in the, you know, you had your safety goggles on. Oh, okay. Wow. Sorry. What a nerd shame me, Nick. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to. But it was no. just all of a sudden like the light made it look like it was like a lot. Yeah, if you can't tell, Nick and Nick and I are not a, not together for this one. I went down to no. Maryland for my father's birthday. Makes me very sad. Yeah, so we are, we are apart for the next couple of weeks as I have some family birthdays. All very safe, and no no parties, just spending time with the family. How, how dare you choose your father over me? Yeah, I exactly. I don't understand. Fast. Trust me, if I had my druthers, <laughs> I would be there right next to you right now. But yeah, so we're in our new tier right now, sort of the mini tier, um, as you said, the surest thing, sure ish thing, uh, and that starts with number sixty one at Chris sales. So this is a really interesting tier because it's kind of like, well, put it this way. What was your methodology? I'm assuming that after Chris Sale, we have Noah Syndergaard and we have Luis Severino, Co. Severino, Syndergaard, actually in that order. What is your thinking about where to plop them in your top 100? How did you get them into the top? So this, is, this was a very hard uh, decision to make. Essentially, as I've talked about a lot through the mock draft podcast, you can fast forward a little, I guess, but at some point in your draft, you're going to be taking guys that you don't know if you're going to be sticking with them for another week or two. And you might as well draft Sale or Severino or Syndergaard, a guy that we know when they do return will actually provide value through your season, right? Once, I mean, let's say they return the All-Star break. Then all of a sudden, the final two months of the year, you have a stud pitcher. That is value that you can get in your draft. Obviously, you're not getting for four months. There's an IL spot to consider, and it's something that we don't really know if you're going to get. That's why it's a sure-ish thing. 
still you're better off taking that pick on one of those starters instead of taking a shot on someone else past this because I'm saying that the value after this, well, you can pick up someone off the wire after the draft that isn't very far away from the guys after uh, tier seven. This is for 12 teamers, 15 teamers. This point is farther on, of course, but I feel that you should be getting at least one of them and taking that chance and giving yourself that opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I feel like how people should be approaching this little, um, the you know, the TJS trifecta is entirely dependent on not just league format, but your IL format as well, right? And NFBC, these guys are really not necessarily worth it because you don't have any of the IL slots that you can just kind of stash it in. Now, right. Tout has unlimited IL spots. Mm. Um, which makes them a, a little bit more appealing. Uh, so then I think to echo what you said, and it's also the same way that I approached it when I was ranking them, where when I think about their, not even necessarily their ceiling, when I think about realistically how they're going to perform in this season, at what point am I going to be drafting pitchers who are likely going to be worse than that? You know what I mean? Where right. am I going to be able to find something that I could just replace in the waiver wire, as you just said? Uh, so I think that point, you know, anyone can determine for themselves. But once again, really, really based on um, on how many IL slots you have, because you're going to be Absolutely. storing them for a while. Yeah. I mean, the first one back, I think you, you and I probably both agree. The first one back is Thor. Maybe you probably I don't I mean, OK, I think he's been throwing sooner than Severino. And it did seem like Sale had a setback with COVID. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Or is it, it yeah. was a neck. It was a neck thing. And then it was COVID. I don't know if the neck thing was a cover for COVID. Maybe mm-hmm. not, but he's been set back a month. So uh, we don't know when that'll return. I will say we can all agree that sale is the best one of yeah. the crew. Yeah. And that might be, that's, I think, why I still had him at 61. But it's very much something to consider. I, I just get one of them, really. Oh, yeah. And and just don't get two. Don't overdo it. <laughs> uh, but at least get one and put yourself in a position for something later on. No, yeah, there's, yeah, there might be a chance that in auction leagues, I would be spending an extra dollar on them just because my team is going to stink in my like dynasty this year. So I have no problem like, hey, you know, I'll just get them for two oh, yeah. bucks well, that's, yeah, and that's then a keep a different discussion, of course. Yeah, about definitely. But I mean, uh, so that's 61, 62, 63. I just want to remind everybody that even when Chris Sale threw 150 innings in 2019, he had 218 strikeouts. And, he, and his velocity sucked to the beginning of those innings. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Like, he eventually won the IL after throwing gems. It was <laughs> it was an experience. Yeah. And we all knew that his release point and his velocity was all different. I mean, we watched it. We, like, you didn't need the analytics to tell you that the man wasn't exerting because it hurt. Yeah. Um, now, with Severino, we've been waiting for a full season from Severino again for ages you know, he had the full setback in 2019 and then came back and then had Tommy John. It was just like, come on, man. This isn't mm. cool. Uh, but I do feel that the full season of Severino is still like slightly higher than Syndergaard as Syndergaard hasn't quite... He's not as polished, I think, as the other two. Uh, so that's something to consider with us. And, and Syndergaard, the fact that he changes his fingers when he throws sliders, like he doesn't grip it the same way every time. Yeah. I hope it's changed by now, but... That's that's really maddening. Yeah, he consistency. I I don't know. I mean, Thor seems like a cool dude. I love his Twitter profile. I wonder if he's just the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to throw the way I know how to throw. Oh, yeah. I I 100 percent guarantee that. Yeah, he's he's a little bit on the stubborn side. 
It seems like it. And he, it seems like, um, and but I don't know. Hey, Thor, if you're listening, please come, come tell me I'm wrong. I'm more <laughs> I'm than sorry, happy yeah. to discuss that. Yeah. I'm more sorry. We don't mean to, you know, <laughs> use conjecture here. Come talk to us. Well, um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. But I, I think he's going to be the first back. I think he actually legitimately might be back at the end of May and early June. There's no, re- remember, this is the last year of a contract for him. Um, the, right. the Mets might still baby it. They might, they might still say, Hey, it's three innings here, three innings there. And then they're going to, you know, wean him into full starts. But Severino's still got plenty of time left. Sales still got plenty of time left on his contract. Yep. So I don't think those guys are going to be back until the all-star break. I know Luis Severino was throwing, but he hadn't started spinning the ball yet. He's just throwing sure. four seamers. Um, so, so, so it, we'll see how that goes. And, and yeah. meanwhile, I want to mention that, uh, one of my favorite things, I mean, March, I uh, will say for, for me fast on how you feel about this. I uh, obviously last year, not, not, you know, in, in, in um, conjunction with what I'm about to say, but March is my favorite month of the year um, for many, many reasons. All these drafts, there's March Madness, which I very much enjoyed. The, it gets warmer out. You can feel the baseball's coming back. But we have a tradition now with our Pitchless Legacy League <laughs> to yeah. determine our draft order. And I look forward to it every year now. It's amazing. It's a rock, paper, scissors tournament. Mm. It's the best. It's the best. You're going down fast. I think I came in second last year. Yeah, I, I think don't I did. Remember. I, think I, I didn't come in first. Then you have essentially you have round robins uh, in groups of in four different groups of round robins. And then you just keep going up and there's a whole base of like who you beat and how you lost to determine just to choose what your draft order is. And then you get to choose it. I think soon, I mean, usually what we do for those listening is we do it on like a little website and we just have two people log in at the same time. But I think soon enough, it should be over Zoom. Like it should be like a live, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll have like a, uh, we actually could do that on Twitch. We could just have like a live like. Pitchless determines their draft order. Ab- absolutely brilliant. That would absolutely. be amazing. Yeah, gonna, that'd we be, should do that. That would be yeah, very funny. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll re- organize that. That'll be so good. <laughs> um, all right. So we, we've already, uh, believe it or not, we've already gotten, you know, almost 30%. We got 30% of our pitchers out of the way just with this Look one little mini Bam. tier. I know it's unbelievable. I don't think we'd ever uh, done something like that. And that actually takes us out of the tier also. Wow. So we might not go a little bit long in this podcast. No, this might be a nice, fun, short one. You know, my, 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 my favorite. Yeah, your favorite. Yeah. You got to go home to that dinner. I understand fast. Not tonight. Tonight, I got to, <laughs> we got to go to Petco. I got to do more tout prep. Um, mm. And then, uh, you know what I'm also doing tonight? Yeah. Uh, for all the deriding that you give me, uh, if, if you haven't you. joined PL Plus, this you is a should. good reason to. You, you will have missed this last night. I'm going into the voice chat at nine o'clock to talk about tout strategy. Um, and maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll do it again on Wednesday for our labor strategy or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we have some fun things. Uh, I believe you and I are going to be calling a fantasy draft, which should yep. be uh, pretty fun. Uh, I believe it's on March 13th. So definitely tune in for that on, on Twitch. Uh, we're going to be doing some more Twitch things. We're going to bring back the prop bets. And yes, we do know the winner from last year. So we'll be reaching out to you uh, later this week about winning 2020's prop bets. We'll have that show again, which was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing that whole thing. Uh, we have, I'm going to be doing my mock drafts uh, on, actually, I should do another one Tuesday. So today, when you're listening to this, we should be doing another one on Twitch. Um, at some point, but yeah, I'm going to be doing those weekly again, uh, just to prepare for the start of the year. You guys can ask questions on that, see draft strategy, all that fun stuff. But yeah, we have a lot of events, a lot of good reasons to get PL Plus. 
Come hang out with us. It's the best place to be. We have, I think we have 750 members now. That is absolutely bananas. Yeah. No wonder my phone uh, vibrates more than it does. Get out of here. You uh, can turn off all notifications. No, I, lie. no I see no every way. single. Um, that is like, I'm one of those guys who has his bar clean. Like my email is empty. Like my, I don't, I don't like right. having the notifications on there. So, but you, I still get the little red circles for Discord. Okay. But it's only uh, for like ads. It's not like, in a channel you just anytime a channel no uh, but i do lurk i actually lurk more than more than you would think um all right so we're we're out of uh tier seven which is a little tiny tiny mini tier um little spoonerism there so we're going to go into a new tier um and that is early shots tier number eight early shots and that starts with someone that i was actually a little bit surprised was this high and that's drew smiley Look, Drew Smiley was looking dope at the end of last year. He was pushing his velocity up to 95 out of nowhere. 38% strikeout rate and 110 whip in 26 innings last year. Like to see, oh, he threw harder and had a better curveball and having a solid cutter along the way. Like, this is great. And early shots tier is literally, who am I drafting to start and see how they're doing right out of the gate? That's really it. And Drew Smiley, yeah, let's do it. He struck out 10 against the Padres in last year. You know, this is this is the guy we've been waiting for for like, I feel like a decade almost with soggy arm when he was dealt off to from Tampa Bay to the Mariners. Like Drew Smiley is, is really good. And he's on the Braves now too. So if you want to take that early shot, early shots tier, Drew Smiley looks like to be that guy. Even... Though I think it was you who, were, who was mentioning that his velocity was a little bit lower by the end. It dropped every but, game in his last four starts. It was 93.8 in the final start. 93.2. Well, it was 91.92 mm-hmm. in his previous seasons. It was still it was still an improvement. I want to see where he's at. I just don't know if that's going to sustain. And I don't think you're ever oh, yeah. going to get the innings. Either. I don't think you're going to yeah. get the innings either. Oh, yeah. But hold on. Hold on. That's fine. Like, we're at the point, look, we just established that injury tier as mm-hmm. like, I can't depend on anything anymore. So I'm going to get the thing that I can depend on. That is my injured starters. Yeah. Like, everyone now, like, I cannot depend on. You know, we're going to take different chances. We're going to, you know, we're going to see what happens. Smiley, like, has already expressed, like, more of a ceiling than I think anyone back here. I. Uh, let's just see how that goes sure well, he could be uh, off my team in like a week or two yeah yeah but all of these guys can mm-hmm. yeah we'll see i mean i think he's one of those question marks that that for me personally i'm out on but i can understand the uh the uh the, the pro arguments there it's, it's funny because i was looking at the rest of the dudes behind him and you got obviously this is a you know it's hard to find any sure things but there are some guys who do have you know andrew haney's behind him you know, yeah, Eduardo Andrew Rodriguez. Gonna, Andrew Heaney him. has yet put a ERA that's uh, below four. Yeah, but uh, I don't, and I still don't know if I'm going to feel consistent with him. Not to mention his injury track record is not pl- a pleasant one. Uh, there is a there are a lot of question marks with Heaney. Like, think of yourself as a fantasy manager. Mm-hmm. If you have Andrew Heaney and he's holding a four four ERA, but it's like a one twenty five WHIP and like a twenty five percent strikeout rate, are you going to keep holding on to Andrew Heaney? Yeah. And, and like, probably not. You're going to probably search for something else. I, you know, that's the wrestle I have with Heaney is I don't know when we're going to feel confident in him. So yeah. I, I feel like Drew Smiley at least will give us a better tale of things. 
If the velocity is still there, I imagine he'll have success. If he has no velocity, great. I move on to the next one. Yeah. I'd much rather have that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. So the number, uh, you know, well, it's funny because, like I said, I'm looking through the rest of the guys that we're going to talk about today. And there's only there's there. I mean, <laughs> it's like a huge question mark on yeah, pretty much every that's single person. Arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I do think there are other guys later that we're not going to talk about today who are have smaller question marks. But this just mm. seems like a bigger question mark tier, um, sure. especially when it comes to innings. Like I, I right. am not oh, concerned yeah. about Marco Gonzalez's innings. Innings are like out of the out of the book right now. I don't care about volume now because oh, right because I, I don't care about volume. I'm like I'm past the point of the guys that I'm depending on through the year. Yeah, I'm now at the point of. All right. Uh, are any of these guys going to stick that I feel like, okay, holding on to them for a longer period of time? Sure. I'm just trying to piece together the back end of the staff that I don't believe I will be holding for more than 75% of the season, right? Or 50% of the season, even. Okay. That's why I draft the first four guys is like, those are the ones I'm keeping. The other four, I'm just kind of doing a mis- mishmash through the year. And maybe, you know, I hold them for the first two, three months, but I don't expect. Hundred. I'm not going to get 180 innings for any of those guys, likely, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so then let's move on to the next guy. Who, once again, as we said, plenty of question marks. He threw today. He sat 95. He touched 97 on mm. 17 fastballs thrown, and that is Mitch Keller of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ah, uh, okay. If there's one guy, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I uh, I don't really think he's going to be going like 180. It would be like 150 or something like that because the no. Pirates really haven't pushed them a ton yet. And it's it's unfortunate that Keller had the oblique injury last year. Uh, it's why he was throwing like 91 in those first starts. And then all of a sudden he's throwing 94 and 85 and had these strange outings where he just walked everybody but didn't allow a hit. It was it was pretty funny. I think his fastball is good. I think uh, Keller has solid mechanics where he's not, should not be a volatile guy. Uh, and a very good slider and curveball combination. Slider a little bit better, I think, than the curveball. It makes for a a strong starter. Mm-hmm. Um, that if he keeps developing and polishing that approach, like you can constantly see him climb and develop. And everybody was excited about Mitch Keller as a command guy coming up. But I think his his breaking balls are good enough. I uh, for Keller to be you know hinting at twenty five percent strikeout rate, like Mitch Keller could do that. The biggest problem, of course, is that it's the Pirates, which isn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, we just don't know. We just don't really know where he's at. He hasn't really gotten into any rhythm. So I would like to see Keller early on and see where he's at. He gets its Cubs twice to start. Would you start Mitch Keller in that first outing? Um, where? Oh, so it's once in Chicago and once in Pittsburgh? I imagine so, yes. Um. Yeah, you know what? It's so if it's in especially if it's in Chicago, it's so cold and batters are miserable, and I just mm. don't know if they're going to be able to barrel them up. So I actually think it's fine. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with it too. Um, that that's like going to be a question I'm going to ask a lot here because if you're not willing to start them in their first or second start or both, then I don't want to draft them because I'll yep. just go. I'll go chase them. I'll chase Drew Smiley and then pick them up after they struggled against those tough matchups, right? It's a cop out too. Like um, my answer might be no in a roto league, um, or put yourself in a hole early. Is you, you, yeah, and that's a very easy hole to climb out of. It's one yeah. small start, but it's like okay, I can take a second to see if you're good. If it's in a head to head, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So, Let's just so with Mitch Kelly, you might draft him and just wait for the first start, but then start the second one if it's good in the first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's acceptable. Yeah. 
Like you can wait one, but if you're doing both, that's where I'm like, well, we should take note of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, and I actually have some shares of Mitch Keller. So or I have, I have him on a few teams. So that's, that's good to see. Uh, the next guy is another guy. I don't know if you felt this way as you were making this ranking, but I was like, Oh, this, I'm putting this guy a little bit higher than I thought I was going to put him. Uh, and that's Zach Davies. Biggest reason is to get this, the pirates pirates twice to start the year. Mm. And I've, I've said a lot that I feel like Zach Davies last year was a bit of a uh, Vargas rule where he was in such a good rhythm with his changeup. And I didn't really buy that he could do it for a full season, but it was 2020 and who cares? That's not a full season. Uh, And I think that if you went long enough, that was going to hit a wall and start disappointing you like he has in the past. You know, can his uh, changeup hold a 20% plus swing strike rate in a near 200 BABIP? I don't think so. Uh, that's what I was doing when it was being thrown about 41% of the time. I, I It just doesn't really add up to me. At the same time, Zach Davies gets the Pirates twice to start the year. I'll start him for both of those and then kind of take it from there. It, it's that simple. Yeah, he, there are some interesting weird things under the hood, too. I mean, like like you said, he, he, the, there was everything going on with the changeup, which was likely not sustainable in terms of batted ball stuff, but he also increased it to 41% of the time, which was like pretty impressive like uh, that was i think the most he's ever thrown it in his career uh and then he also i think had something happen with his cutter where he increased the horizontal movement on the pitch and i think it might have helped him um just boost the rest of the arsenal especially that sinker it returned mm-hmm. the highest seed up csw of his career at 33.3 percent um the changeup got a career high called strike as well yeah i wonder if the uh the sinker benefited just because they didn't know if it was going to be a changeup as a much more so than before, like a third of the time versus 40% of the time. It's this huge shift. It's getting closer to 50-50. So like batters, they see the sinker. They don't know if it's going to fall off or not. So they take it for a cold strike. And, and then that definitely could have been why you saw the called strike increase in the changeup, right? For that exact same reason. So then you've got two nice pitches that he can throw inside of the zone for strikes. He's obviously throwing hitters off a little bit. And this is a guy too who, I mean, we've talked about this almost every week now. He's going same-handed change-ups all the time. He doesn't care. I don't think anyone threw more same-handed change-ups as a starter last year than Zach Davies did. Hmm. So, so I think I, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay drafting Davies wherever I can. I, as I see in my TGFBI league, that all these hitters went, and I'm really sad. Oh like, no! I, I just want I want I want a really good hitter in the fourth round, and Abreu just went, and Rendon and. Bregman and Real Muto. I'm like, oh, guys. And even Hendricks. I was even thinking maybe I'll go Liam Hendricks. Oh, that would have been interesting. And no, not doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. So right now, I didn't find out who your fourth pick was. Your second and third were Scherzer I and Kershaw. I haven't gone yet. I'm waiting. Oh, this I'm, four, I'm four away at the moment. My entire queue is gone. Oh, brutal. I got I to gotta figure this out at some point. Well, well you don't have to worry about that now. You don't have to worry oh, about no. that right we now. We got a podcast to do. Yeah. We, uh, although I'm sure people would like to hear you talk through your pick if it comes to that point, but it's probably, probably not. Probably not. If it's four picks away, maybe, hopefully. Um, the next two guys back to back just truly do not know how many innings either of these guys are going to get. And that's Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May. Uh, so what, what's your thinking there? Why are they so close together? Why is Gonsolin above May? Pretty much before the Bauer deal, I think I had Gonsolin and May in the 50s. Um, and I had to push them back because now it's, you know, Gonsolin's number six to me and, and uh, Dustin is seven. I, I just don't want to deal with this necessarily. But, but I do recognize 
that Gonsolin is such a good talent. Like if he, I was even watching today, and the way he follow throughs reminded me of Clevenger. Mm-hmm. He has the hair. He's got the leg kick with it. Uh, he's he's so good. And if he were to go to any other team, pretty much say for Tampa, I, I mean Gonsolin would be someone that we'd all be considering like top thirty or something like that. Top thirty five. Sure. It's crazy. So I can't deny that, right? I can't deny how effective uh, Gonson can be. So here he is. And maybe May gets those opportunities. So I decided just to pair them up because I'm not going to be the one that is so, you know, I'm not going to call myself Nostropolic or something like that. <laughs> that will know that like May is going to get these opportunities over Gonsolin. You know, the Dodgers did shift back and forth a bit. I'm leading Gonsolin and I think Gonsolin is the better fantasy play. But I just decided to kind of link them together here. Um, yeah. And, and Dustin May can be a very good Toby. He's really good, I think, at limiting damage. But he's not a strikeout guy. does not have a whiff pitch. While Gonson has a really good slider, a splitter that can do good things. as the number three pitch. That's good. And a fastball that doesn't get burned. Yeah. So he has also shown the ability to go deep into games, too. It's it's He's really good. I just, <laughs> I just want him to get those opportunities. And... The Dodgers are being smart in the sense of just getting so much depth for a pitching in a year when you can't really depend on so many innings. So we'll see something from Gonsolin, but you're going to have to deal with Dodgeritis and the headache along the way. So here he is in the 60s. Yeah, I just have no, like, I just keep thinking, like, what are they going to do? And I have no idea. Right. Like, I don't know if Julio Arias is going to be the guy who actually ends up not getting a bulk of the innings and right. maybe Gonsolin does. Like, I just don't. So. To me, it's like I don't know I, why I don't know if I'm going to be spending a draft pick on it because you know if Tony Gonsolin ended up being the guy who was like the weird middle reliever or even like had an you know uh, he's never going to have an opener but like just someone that you could count on to get like you know a couple innings each week like I'd be like okay well, you know that's interesting you know especially in a in a counts uh, in a league that um, has a uh, game started. Um, each week like that would be really interesting but i just have no i have no idea i just have no idea and that's so yeah. frustrating yeah uh, but i definitely agree with you that for me it's it's tony gonsolin over dustin may in terms yeah. of upside in terms of definitely. skills um now the last guy well, what are you thinking what two someone more guys. else just, two, two more guys i'm just, just thinking it's like yeah why hasn't jaco to rizzi signed yet yeah no that i know there's got to be something unrealistic about what he's asking in terms of price it just has to be right i uh, so i mean i have him at, at 69 here and I am probably going to have to change this. Like I generally do in about um, maybe it's a week or two from now. I, I do an update uh, of the list um, essentially two weeks before the, the, the start of the year. So like the first that would be the 28th of March. So, yeah, two weeks from uh, from today. So like the 15th. Um, you'll see a new edition of the list. And I think Odorizzi is going to be lower because he just hasn't signed yet. And if he hasn't signed yet, then I don't want to, I don't want him as an early shot. Why would I do that? He's probably not going to be ready to go. They probably won't get him incorporated into the rotation. So it's, it's really frustrating because in 2019, I don't think we all recognize how good Odorizzi's fastballs were. Mm. He threw over a thousand four seamers in 2019 and they returned a 15 percent swing strike rate and a 59 wrc plus on a four seamer <laughs> that's unbelievable it's crazy on a four seamer that's going like not even that fast relatively <laughs> yeah it, it, it's it's all at the top of the zone you know yeah. it's all just red paint and yeah there is like a splitter and a curveball there too and i don't really care about them 
you know, it's really just like, is he able to paint the top of the zone with fastballs today? He did. Okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the Odo Rizzi plan. I, uh, 2020 was weird. He had, uh, you know, he took a liner to the chest. He had a blister, all that stuff and just kind of ruined his 2020. Yeah. Odo Rizzi in a normal, yeah, normal season. I feel like he should be really good again. Just about um, when he signs and where he goes. But I felt like we needed to acknowledge him. Yeah, that's the thing, too, because now now what's getting tricky is like if he signed in the next couple of days, I'd be like, OK, he's still going to have a good enough spring training. They, right. Reports are saying that he's still working out at like, you know, throwing against minor leaguers. So I'm not really worried about that. But like if it's still a week or two from now and he's unsigned and then now we have to worry about how many innings he's going to get just because he didn't get any last year, along with the fact that he probably started spring training a little too late. It's just I hope he signs soon. I hope he signs yeah, soon because exactly. he can still be an asset. He can really still right. be an asset. Where's to go fast that's a really good question i think probably toronto oh i mean they have have like eight guys i know but they have one guy yeah right (laughs) (laughs) oh man like like all of their guys are really exciting the only ones i'm interested in are exciting young guys like obviously hyunjin ryu is great and then i you know what do you do with a robbie ray what do you do with the tanner roark like nate pearson we still don't know how many innings you're gonna get out of him Get another guy who you can just Ross, like be that like workhorse. Steven Mads, Jacob Wagas Pack, and yeah, I, I, oh, what, oh, weather something, uh, Merryweather. Yeah, yeah, Man. Julian Merryweather or something. Anthony K. Yeah, there's it's so like, many names. Yeah, it's like you just threw a bunch of things into a random name generator, and it's like you got <laughs> a, a majority of the Toronto Blue Jays rotation. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, that, that's an interesting fit. You could see also uh, maybe the Marlins want a little bit more depth. Yeah, uh, and they have Trevor Rogers at five, which actually I think is kind of interesting. Um, but uh, outside of that, it, it gets a little, you know, maybe they bring up Cabrera quickly, but we'll see. He was he was tied to the Rays for a while, but I imagine the price point is just too high. Um, the Mets, yeah, he was he tied more to more than a dollar. I don't- yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he was tied to the Mets, but they decided to to take uh, um, you know anyone else with a pulse what's his name that old guy it's got casimir oh my god <laughs> yeah like that that's what they decided to go down so yeah it's it's interesting i mean boston would be interesting that rotation of kind of falls off pretty quick um there's still plenty of places i guess he's just asking for a little bit too much money i don't know i know it is it is kind of weird it stinks you like watching good pitchers pitch and you want to see him get the opportunity to do so absolutely but we're going on to 70 here yeah number 70 uh you have him higher right I don't think I have him higher. I'm not like Michael Ahedo who had him like 12. Um, <laughs> uh, I have him actually a little bit lower. I have him at 74. You have him oh. at 70. So pretty close. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And that's Zach Eflin. I just don't buy, buy that all of a sudden this curveball is a major, major part of his repertoire. Yeah. He's even had like quotes saying like, I find it in the bullpen. And if it's yeah. there, I throw it. And I understand how good that curveball can be. And when it's working, it just makes everything work. Eflin to me is not a 28% strikeout rate guy. I don't think he's a 20%, sorry, 25% strikeout rate guy. Eflin is a sinker slider pitcher. He throws to the same location constantly. Mm -hmm. And which is, by the way, which is a glove side down away. And that's just how he lives. He just throws everything there. And the curveball adds a little bit more variety to it. That's why we see like 20 whiffs all of a sudden out of nowhere in random games. But it's going to be a back and forth. He's never produced produced a hit per nine below nine. <laughs> yeah. Averages a hit per inning through his entire career. 
Yeah. That's not good. I know Hyper 9 is not something that a lot of people are up on like kind of reference points. The aces are under seven. Mm. Um, you see like guys that are fighting to be up there and stuff. So I'm like seven, maybe you might see like an eight and change. If you have a nine plus you're getting that, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts a lot. And Eflin has never done under a nine hip or nine. So he doesn't walk too many, but he gets too many hits and it bothers me. And I, I just, I just think this is someone you're going to feel confident in at any point. So he's a little bit lower than other people. Yeah, the thing that bothers me about him is he, he amped up that sinker usage to over 50%, and it had the seventh highest uh, Wobon contact in baseball last year. Um, you don't even do the Wobacon versus Wobacon. You just go Wobon contact. <laughs> well, some, I know sometimes, like, I, I feel like at this point, whenever people hear Wobacon, they're like, bacon. Uh, and it's like, so all right, let's just avoid just, it completely. You just say just, Wobacon contact. Yeah, it's but, like, just like, skip the joke. It just skip the joke and just get to the, the metric. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm no over it. No fun with I Alex Fast. I know. It's like, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sick of putting on the smiley like, face for that like one. One day at, when we have like 20 plus podcasts on the Pitchless Podcast Network, one day we'll have an Alex Fast solo cast called <laughs> No Fun with Alex. <laughs> just metrics. I mean, like, it literally is encapsulated today in the tweets with the Austin yeah, right. Nola and me being like, this had a 210 expected batting average. <laughs> Oh my god! No, uh, you are yeah. or you are obviously a super fun dude. It's it's not like you make more jokes than I do often. I uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't want to buy into this whole thing. Like I'm team fun, Alex. I'm nerd. What? No, I had actually had a lot of fun it. last night during a podcast. If people ever want to listen to how I feel about movies from 1957, where yes. I really let loose, uh, really let loose in a podcast last night, all what about that stuff. Uh, it's my friend Craig Jarzak and uh, his friend Megan have a podcast where they review every film that uh, was nominated for an Oscar in a particular year and then talk about what won and what should have won. So 1957 was Bridge on the River Kwai, um, Sayonara, Peyton Place, 12 Angry Men, and uh, Witness for the Prosecution. Mm. Uh, so I had to watch all of them, which I've also been doing. I woke up at 8 a.m. to watch a three-hour wow. Marlon Brando movie yesterday. Um, that is very offensive. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we talked about it for a while and it was, it was good. It was a really, really fun time because uh, people don't, this is the other side of me, right? People don't know, you yeah. know, they knew I was an actor, but a little film nerd. You know, I, on Nick Pollock and friends, mm-hmm. uh, I've recorded three, by the way, there's only been one out so far. I'm going to put the one with, you know, essentially from Pishcon. I recorded one with Yancey. Oh, um, lovely. I feel like I need to do one with you though. About what? about that's you the whole purpose of that podcast is like the people behind all the baseball stuff like we don't talk about baseball during these there's not a single person on this earth who wants to know about me that's an absolute <laughs> lie do you see how we react to trip flicks and yeah, yeah, we yeah. find you on yeah, exactly. oh yeah what a, what a great way to get me on your Are cast you joking <laughs> like no one wants to know about alex fast like everyone wants to know about alex fast. i won't do a podcast with you i'm sorry I, I I can't. I've never done a podcast with you before, and I won't start now. <laughs> we um, you know, we actually went and found your grad school website. Oh, alexfast.net. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and you have a thing on podcasts and and pitch Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and you talk about how you convinced. You know, you, you you suggested that we do a podcast because you selfishly wanted to do a podcast with me. Is what you wrote in the thing. Yeah, maybe and I don't know. I want, I want to hold you to that. Yeah, that's fine. 
for know. every single time that I'm like, hey, fast, we got to do this podcast. Hey, we got to we got to go through all of this. And you're complaining. about I got to go. Home. Too long. I'm like, you asked for this. Yeah, exactly. You know me. You know me by now. I hate being anywhere that's not my house. I don't like being with people. I don't like being outside. Which is so uh, shocking if anyone has met Alex Fast. I, I don't like energetic, it. Energetic, wonderful person. I just want to be home. I don't want to see anyone. Oh, I want to be home. Um, oh, all, right. all right. This was a nice glimpse of what that podcast would be if yeah. you ever would do it, which I yeah, exactly would at some point. Now, listen, we know that this was a quick one, but it just ha- so happened to be this way because 45 of, minutes fast <laughs> compared to the usual hour 10 we have. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty rapid. Um, but we this just because the tier is a little wonky, but we're going to have yeah. another one to you later this week, of course. And yes, we hope you've course, been enjoying yeah. them. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for mm. episode number 246 of On the Corner, the official Pitchless podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys later this week.